0: Hi, we're here from curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how the way you talk could change your ability to learn two of the biggest myths about wine and the most dangerous tree in the world.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: You know how you change the way you talk depending on who you're talking to? I mean, you probably don't talk to your parents or your boss the same way you talk to your friends or your siblings. Well, the term for that is code switching and you might be surprised by exactly how powerful an effect it has on the world. For this story, I want to focus on code switching in educational settings. Your code isn't just what you say. It could be a dialect of the dominant language, like African American English or Black English, as it's called by linguist and author John McWhorter. Because code switching is so important, some experts have suggested it's worthwhile to explore code-switched classes, similar to ESL classes that cover both the material and the English words for the material. One reason comes from communication sciences professor Julie Washington. She says there's strong evidence that students who have more than one dialect in their heads outperform those who only speak one language or dialect. Washington says that a lot of kids who speak black English learn to code switch toward the end of kindergarten and others toward the end of first or second grade. But after that, she says code switching isn't going to happen unless you teach it. And it's a pretty important thing to teach. By the end of fourth grade, students that can code switch score about one full grade higher in reading than their classmates who didn't pick it up. In fact, some of her research has shown that this reading gap is strongest in places where the dialect is furthest from phonetic English. Sometimes the pronunciation has moved so far away from the original spelling that kids who speak this dialect may have a hard time seeing how the letters they're learning form the words that they know. They literally may end up having a similar experience to kids whose first language isn't English. Makes sense that the kids who learned a code switch would outperform the ones who didn't. It's well documented that bilingual brains are often healthier, and maybe that knowledge should be updated to include speakers of multiple dialects, too. There's some more great research on this, so feel free to read more in our full write-up on Curiosity.com or on our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. Wine can be confusing.
0: Seriously. Like, does it matter which glass I use? Which wine are you supposed to drink with steak again? And are you allowed to put red wine in the fridge?
1: Right? Well, don't worry, because today we're going to bust a couple of the biggest myths in the wine world and tell you how to make it even easier to enjoy great wine.
0: This story is sponsored by WSJ Wine. WSJ Wine is a partnership between the Wall Street Journal and the world's leading direct-to-home wine merchant. And you'll want to stick around, because after we bust these myths, we'll tell you how to make it even easier to enjoy great wine.
1: And while we bust these myths, we may or may not be sampling some wines from WSJ Wine, just to help us illustrate our points.
0: We are journalists, after all.
1: So the first myth is that you're supposed to chill white wine and not red wine. In reality, room temperature is likely too warm for red wine, and your fridge is likely too cold for white Before you drink it, try taking 20 minutes to chill your red wine or leave your white wine out of the fridge, and your experience will be the Bee's Knees.
0: Speaking of which, let's have a taste of this South African wine called the Bee's Knees Chenin Blanc Viognier from WSJ Wine. Hmm. Okay, so I don't know if it's the wine itself or the fact that we pulled it out of the fridge 20 minutes ago, as recommended, but it is so good. It's like the perfect amount of sweet, but not too sweet for me. What's not so good is the other major myth we're going to bust today, and that's the idea that certain wines require certain glasses. This myth came from the Riedel Glassware Company in 1973, when they created a line of variety-specific glasses that they claimed would help you smell and taste the wine in different ways. Scientists have looked into this, and most research says the effects on taste are minimal at best.
1: So the other wine we're trying in studio today is a Raymond Vineyards, the inaugural Cabernet Sauvignon from California. I love a good Cabernet. And it tastes great just with these stemless wine glasses, WSJ Wine included. Cody, I know we said the glass doesn't matter, but could you please not drink straight from the bottle? It's a little tacky.
0: Okay, fine. You are right, though. This is super good.
1: Anyway, now that you know the truth behind these wine myths, you should check out WSJ Wine's Discovery Club. You'll get 12 expertly selected wines reserved for you every three months. And you can get exclusive savings of at least 20% on future club cases.
0: You can customize your selections and you'll get tasting notes on every wine. You can also give advance notice if you want to delay delivery or skip cases. And you're free to cancel anytime. The WSJ Wine Discovery Club is perfect for wine fans looking to expand their horizons and increase their knowledge.
1: Start by tasting their top 12 wines with your choice of reds, whites, or a mix of both. Order now and they'll add to your case two bonus California Cabernets, the same Raymond Vineyards varieties Cody and I were just tasting, and two Dartington Crystal glasses. We'll put a link to WSJ Wine in today's show notes.
0: And I'll be over here finishing my portion of the Cabernet because it's so good. It really is. Like it's not dry. It's kind of fruity, but not like sweet fruity. Just like full fruity. Earthy. Earthy. I'm not great at describing wines, but I am pretty good at drinking delicious wines. And yeah, this one's not going to last very long. Nope. We're going to have to fight over it. (laughs) Wine is delicious. You know what's not delicious? The poisonous manchineal, a.k.a. the tree of death. How's that for a transition, Ashley? (laughs) In fact, you do not want to eat, touch, or even inhale the air around this tree. It is the most dangerous tree in the world. So listen up before you plan your next trip to Central America, the Caribbean, northern parts of South America, or tropical regions of North America, including South Florida, because that's where this plant calls home. The tree is a beachy, tropical plant that pretty much looks like any other, save for its abundance of shiny green fruits. But the manchineal tree oozes a thick, milky sap that seeps out of everything—the bark, the leaves, and the tempting little death apples that dangle off the branches. And that sap is made up of a slew of horrible toxins that will give you severe burn-like blisters. The toxin in the sap that causes the most serious reactions is a poisonous organic compound called forbal. And the stuff is water-soluble, which causes problems when it rains. Find yourself hiding from a rainstorm underneath a manchineal, and the rain from the sky will wash the toxic forbal-riddled sap down through the leaves onto your bare flesh, putting you in a world of pain. Same with eating the fruit, although ingesting the stuff comes with the side effect of possible death. Now, before you go campaigning for death to all Manchineal trees, keep in mind they're not all bad. Consider cute patio chairs. Caribbean carpenters have used wood from these trees and furniture for centuries. The trees also play an important role in Central American ecosystems. The large, shrubby Manchineal grows into dense, protective walls that prevent coastal erosion on the region's tropical beaches. Hey, if it's good for the beach, it's good with us. Just remember... For all its raw beauty, nature can be pretty scary too. Next time I'm on vacation and I'm looking for a treat, I'll skip the manchineal fruits and stick with wine, thanks.
1: Read about today's stories and more on curiosity.com.
0: Today's episode is brought to you in part by our patrons. Special thanks to Katrina Constantine, Bob Buckley, Dan Paterniti, Ben Yurick, Angie, and Emily for supporting our show. You can help support our podcast at patreon.com slash curiosity.com, all spelled out, and we'll put a link to that in today's show notes.
1: Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer.
0: And I'm Cody Goff.
1: Stay curious.
0: On the Westwood One
1: Podcast Network.